Welcome to Well Examined, the podcast where science and discovery meet intuition and wellness with your host, Christine Dynes. Each episode, I'll chat with the best minds in integrative epigenetic health, biohacking, neuroscience, quantum healing, and lifestyle design, as well as a slew of reputable citizen scientists across all facets of wellness. Hey, welcome to today's episode of Well Examined. I have colleague and friend, Dr. Jeff Drobot with me today. He's back for the third time, and we are going to chat about cognitive upcline instead of cognitive decline. We'll, we'll take you back through the loop here, talk about how cognitive decline has gotten to be where it is today and what we're going to do about it. So insofar as cognitive decline being on the rise, we both know that nutraceuticals aren't filling the gap quite like they once could. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> sure. 20-ish years ago, we could get away with doing that. But you answered this call by innovating cerebral fit. The way you're describing that is the marriage between nutraceuticals and smartceutical biotechnologies. But before we get into cerebral fit, I wanted to start with cell circuit. A lot of people listening don't know what cell circuit is. And I think it's worth telling that story to get people to where um, cerebral fit is. So, you and, you know, let me give people the backstory a little bit. You and I were talking a few years ago and we were talking about your work in corporate health and corporate wellness. And I said, You've got to come up with, a, you know, a biohacking pie. And you go, I've got it. It's called cell circuit. And we went through and you were describing to me how you were mutually accentuating these particular therapies together and it's capitalizing cellular capacity. That's what you that said. That's my three C's. Yeah, I, your three C's. I thought that was so cool. And nobody knows what that means until we get into how tired they are and how they can't think and just what the cells do. So it's not enough to give someone a B complex. It's not enough to even give them the basic building blocks until their body can use it. So everybody's running on fumes. Cell circuit kind of answers that running on fumes. So we talked just a little bit for people who are new to cell circuit. When I started 20 years ago, I'm going to say for the for that first 10 years, I mean, I, I was uh, I immediately got into technology anyways from Europe. And what was called, you know, biological medicine, maybe what would be called biohacking today. And, you know, you got to see a little bit of my background was exercise physiology. So we did a lot of metrics um, without without very many results. So metric heavy <laughs> result poor went into medicine, alternative medicine, um, few metrics, result heavy, maybe, you know, that's we that's an interesting marriage where. Medicine is more of a practice and the rest of them are more of a science. And then the two never really get married because they don't like each other for some reason. I'm not sure. But <laughs> by the time it ended up happening, I was into the metrics of it. And then I wanted the result of it. And so I understood when we were going through the metrics and we were using vitamins and IVs and, you know, all the stuff that was you know considered crazy back then and cool today. Uh, and there was still like this gap, you know, where we couldn't fill in as the body became you know, even older as, and, and I say, I see a lot of athletes and as the body becomes more taxed, as you get older as an athlete, I mean, 30 is an old athlete, 
as the body became more taxed, it became harder. Like, how would we upload all these nutrients to meet these demands? And when we met these demands, you know, the cells have gone through so much oxidation and damage. We couldn't basically take these things like young cells could. And then we got into a whole bunch of other things with genetic modification of the environment. And then the environment changed. And then everybody decided to work 20 hours a day. And then we got <laughs> social platforms and everybody decided to look at pictures 25 hours a day. And then it left really nothing in the nervous system to do anything with. And I was always big into this nervous system, which medicine wasn't, because when we're talking about energy production, I mean, it's essentially like energy, like electricity. And there was no supplement that was direct one-to-one -one with electricity. Vitamins are catalysts, which means they can do one thing, and then you're hoping to produce energy on the other end. And so there wasn't really a, not a one-to-one -one as people think, they think. B vitamins do not equal energy in a bottle. You know, exercise maybe equals energy in a bottle, but if you had a pill for everybody to take with exercise, everybody would take it, right? That'd be Absolutely. pretty easy because we know that. Um, if you had a pill for sleep, everybody would take it because it's basically energy production and recovery and the rest of it ended up being obs and slobs of supplements to try to get a result that really still is subjective in my mind. I mean, how do you measure that? Like, how do you measure somebody's energy? You do a questionnaire and they say, I feel better. And you're like, oh, just keep taking these 10 things. And I'm not sure which one did it, but maybe they, maybe they all contributed. <laughs> so coming back to the technology, you know, there was a lot, certainly a lot available. And um, when I was doing nervous system studies and hormone studies, you could see that when we were in, you know, employing these things together, like oxygen and electrons and photons, you know, which were the main currency of the cell. And then we added in some biochemistry and catalysts. Well, I could get, you know, a much better result and I could take these rusty cells and I could recycle them and make better cells and then better cells operated better with less. And so then the nutraceuticals became that much more important. And, and you can kind of tell that because as as medicine goes along, you know, you get to see like back again, 20 years ago, probiotics was a bad, like it's crazy to take bacteria. <laughs> sure, now, yeah. now you cannot not take bacteria. And then you saw that detox philosophy where people were understanding, I can't just put things in because there's already lots of things in there. And so they were putting things in. And now the last, you know, 10, 15 years has been, let's get things out because then we can add things. And we're hoping for this small glimmer of uh, hope, which means if we take out enough of these things and we put some good things in, we can get some energy. So it really, you know, looking at metrics, I guess, was the the most important thing of taking these um, machines, putting them together and understanding that you could put the body under an, under an environment and then the response was much better. You know, always doing things gets more than taking things. I still believe that. Um, and Absolutely. unfortunately, in medicine, we're still we're still mm -hmm. focused on taking things, you know, and, and alternative medicines probably no better than conventional medicine. Everybody beats on conventional medicine because it's symptom and then pharmaceutical. But, sure. you know, it's I don't I don't know that that's that much different than, you know, taking ginkgo for this. You know, they just have you've got a different toolbox. So I, uh, you know, I always like doing things rather than taking things. I think that's more more important. Absolutely. I was explaining to somebody the other day who was really pressing me on something that we see is so simple, cell circuit, said, you know, some people need it just to turn the lights on. Yeah. Some people are at that point. Other people can now, you know, who've gone through, they can use cell circuit to get off of what they're taking. 
Maybe they don't need their T3 medication anymore. Maybe they don't need, like you said, the Bacopa, the Ginkgo, et cetera, et cetera, because they've turned the lights on. And now with precision medicine, you're guiding them in such a way where it isn't this, you know, grocery list of supplements that they're taking. Well, it's not a practice anymore. You know, like still a practice of medicine. And so I always laugh because you couldn't, it would be looked at as reckless to take 25 medication. Absolutely. It'd be hard to go to, to your pharmacy and say, here's my list. And the pharmacist would give you 25 medications, but you can go to your vitamin store and you can order 30 bottles of things. And and yeah. just take them. And then we're, we're, there's no metric behind it. Like there's just a, there's hope, right? There's hope in some good science. And then um, a great idea that I'm doing better than if I don't. Well, someone asked me, what's, why do you want me to go up to the, you know, biomed center? Why do you want me to fly over here? Why can't I just go to my local functional medical person? And it was all around doing the circuits for this particular person. And why can't I take my T3? Why can't I take my medications? And I said, biomed is a lot less about medicine and all about living your life. That's what you want to do, right? You want to go live your life. You want to sit there with a list all day long and (laughs) I mean, it's a job, your mental, you know, your mental energy to that. Or do you want to go play with your kids? Do you, you know, you want to go out and do something and live your life and be in your body being out there and using that language with people is so huge. What do we do? You and I have talked about people sit in one box and then go to another box and live their lives in boxes. (laughs) And they never, um, I always, I always look at, look at patients and I say, you know, you've been doing that for five years. When do you get to stop? You know, whereas when you use tech, you front load, you set Mm -hmm. new cells up and then they work. When you use, you know, just supplementation, and, and I mean, I always throw diet in there. People always get mad when I say that, but I mean, diet is like an interesting thing. But when you break it down, it's it's your body just wants carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, and some micronutrients. Like we can go ahead and we Absolutely. can make all these religions on diet that we mm-hmm. want to. And you're supposed to flux diets, and sometimes you're supposed to get rid of protein. Sometimes you're supposed to add protein. The environment used to do that for us. It doesn't do that anymore. But diet as a base, you know, is is just like gasoline. It doesn't mean that like a healthy diet says people say, well, equal longevity. And I'm like, a clean diet probably equals longevity. But I don't know that there's a certain diet (laughs) besides no diet, by the way, which is time restricted eating, which I mean, people will say, you know what the best diet for longevity is not eating. I mean, that (laughs) is like that's called fasting. And when we take mice and we don't feed them, they live longer, which means by nature, Food is always a tax. It's always going to be a tax. You just absolutely. Well, it isn't an intellectual process. It's being out in the world, enjoying the consumption in such a way where there's far less intellectualization about it. You know, I've told you before when I went to see my family in Sicily, man, did they have it dialed in? They're right there in the blue zones. And they think it's so silly how Americans diet. They just think it's the silliest thing ever. Why would you want to take all that time? Why would you do this? Just, you know, eat a little of this, eat a little of that. That's what we've been doing for hundreds of years. Look at us. We're living, you know, past a hundred. Why complicate it? Why complicate it? Yeah. When you you took a, when you took something, you complicated it. 
I mean, that's no different than taking air and complicating with air pollution, and it ends up to be a different thing, you know. And, and it's really supposed to be a. Even now, I look at sleep, and I'm like, "How do we make this so complicated?" People are showing me their reports, and they're sleeping on their telebeds, and they're doing. I mean, I'm just like, "How did this get so complicated? Like, what happened with just laying down in a dark cave and then just going <laughs> to sleep? Like, who who wants to track it?" Like if you're tracking your sleep, I always say, then there's something wrong with your sleep. You know, you should not need to track that, right? If I'm tracking and saying my elbow is sore, it's because there's something wrong with my elbow. Like I'm not tracking my elbow, like for some reason. So, and and again, we kind of, again, when we were coming back to that start of that conversation, we ended up to get a, a data heavy without doing anything. Like you're tracking your sleep, but like really all you're doing is you're making sleep a stressful focus. Like it's not a passive process anymore. You're tracking your diet. Diet's not a passive process anymore. I mean, nothing ends up being good for your autonomic nervous system in the sense that everything is an input and everything is a job and everything has an emotional connection. And you end up being, you know, by the time you get to it, like when do you guys get to take a vacation from all this? And again, tech allows you to do that. Well, I don't know that lifestyle does. Like lifestyle just means you're supposed to live it. I don't know that you're I don't know it's supposed to be so much work. Couldn't agree more. And speaking of complications, it's a good way to get us talking about cerebral fit. When you spoke at upgrade, you made that room erupt when you started talking about how people were tracking their sleep and uh, different things about their diet. You know, people were just starting in all these other places and you kept bringing it back to the nervous system, bringing it back to the nervous system and everybody's complicating everything. And what are they, okay, so toxicity, what are people complicating their lives with? And is that why you developed cerebral circuit? People can't think or focus, don't have I any mean, memory because they've complicated their lives so much so. Let's talk about that. I mean, the good thing with wearables, and again, I was on the early entry of wearables, made some wearables. And I mean, the the good thing about wearables is it it tells you, you know, obviously a state, but people don't know that you're just tracking a nervous system. That's all you do, which is great. Right. Wasn't available before. But when you see, you know, the most interesting thing about a wearable is like you throw it across the parking lot sooner or later because you can't move the number. (laughs) <laughs> and so people then get frustrated. It's like, well, this is just telling me I have a crappy day every day or, or I'm, you know, here's my ready, there's my readiness score. And I'm like, well, what are you ready for? Right? Like, what does that, what does that mean to you? And it's really just, you know, flexibility in your nervous system. And so when you use, you know, circuits, you know, so when I put these uh, pieces from all over the world and you, you put them together and you, you practice with these machines and you make mistakes, you get good results. I mean, you start understanding again that, you know, when the world is getting harder, now I'm not going to say better, I'm not going to say worse. I'm going to say harder, more complicated, and more taxing for a nervous system, right? If you want to go ahead and unburden that, then the necessary, you have to match firepower with firepower. So you have to go ahead and say, if my battery is running low, what's the easiest way to charge it up? Electrons. If I'm running low on energy production, what's the easiest way to charge it up? Oxygen and electrons. You know, if I can't get oxygen and electrons to somewhere because it's all murky, what's the easiest way to do it? Lymphatic drainage. And, And really, you know, in my mind and looking at thermographies and I mean, 
I mean, I, I analyze things to death. I can't turn the machine on, but I can look at the results. <laughs> when you analyze things to death and you look in, again, before and after, like, what did we do? And you take these machines, you spend lots of money on, you throw them out and you end up saying, well, that was easy. You know, <laughs> it really wasn't an easy process, but by the end of it, the result was easy. You know, you go ahead and you, you move things just like exercise moves it, like a treadmill moves the heart. It didn't really matter what it ended up doing between what was going on in the treadmill and what you put the setting on. I mean, by the end of the day, physiology is a little bit more difficult than just, you know, organ-specific heart cardiovascular training. But you saw that when you combine these things together and you do it for an hour, whoa, you know, you come back and you redo the test. And and it was, uh, it's quite miraculous. So unfortunately, you know, when I'm talking about cerebral circuits and cell circuits and cerebral fit, and I'm looking at all this tech, I kind of forget. I was Somebody was talking to me yesterday and they said, wow, that is really complicated. And I said, yeah, I guess it is. You know, if you're looking at that from the first bite of a meal, it's truly complicated. But when you um, when you come and got, have gone through the gauntlet as much as I have and you come out on the other side, you say, like, why would you do it any other way? Like the technology is now there. Mm-hmm. We probably I mean, it was there. The science for the tech was there. For decades, it just nobody was silly enough to go and actually use it, you know, except universities. Universities used it, sure, but yeah. medicine didn't. And, you know, interestingly enough, I don't know that performance, you know, athletic therapy really used it. So it was, you know, it was it was built for physiology and it just wasn't built for medicine. And now you take, you know, I always say when medicine meet where medicine meets performance is when you merge those two together, you see, geez, that's a there's a lot like we were we were talking yesterday and I said, you know, in, in 2022, I think there was 20,000 studies on photobiomodulation. And then I'm doing a, a podcast and this is like these like I brought out a unicorn for people <laughs> and they've never heard of this before. And I said, you yeah, know, only in 2022. I mean, we could go through decades and tens of thousands of research. It's just nobody, I guess, has ever looked at it. I saw a cool picture of Ram Das the other day, and he was wearing a first generation uh, light therapy mask, and he definitely looked like he was heading to the UFO. You know, yeah, so it's been around forever. Yeah, people used to be like, you're, you're like Buck Rogers. I said, well, who the hell is Buck Rogers? And then you'd look back and you'd say like, yeah, I guess I look like Buck Rogers. And again, now um, <laughs> the beautiful thing is like, Crazy became cool, as I said. So people walk through my centers and they're they're mesmerized by this stuff. And they don't realize like this wasn't invented six months ago. You know, I'm mesmerized by a new iPhone. And they're <laughs> looking at these machines and I'm like, it's a it's an oxygen con- concentrator or a light generator. Like, but but the science and the physics behind it are are monumental for what's about to happen in the next decades. And when we bring it back to cognitive decline, I think that's probably the one that I've seen, which is the most, you know, the, the brain is having the hardest time with what we're doing, you know, and what we'll continue to do, which is, again, lots and lots of nervous system tax, lots and lots of noise from electronics. I mm-hmm. mean, it's really just having a, a difficult time because it wasn't meant to get under that much work for that long. And it's it's not a, a quick regenerating system like skin you know or digestive tract people are like oh i got digestive tracts and it's like you renew your whole digestive tract every three weeks it takes seven years for you to renew a nervous system and so we just 
we didn't, it wasn't designed to do what we're doing to it. And so lights go out pretty fast. You know, you, you burn the capacity out and the availability to get nutrients and stuff into the nervous system because of the blood brain barrier. It's, it's genius. You eat a poisonous mushroom. You don't want a poisonous mushroom in your brain. And then it's the same goes for everything that you ingest. It's really hard to get there. So you need to use organ specific therapy and when you're looking at brain scans and brain maps and EEGs and you're doing this and you're saying, wow, like we we're really going to have a problem. And then of course, you know, the breaking news was, wow, Alzheimer's dementia or cognitive decline is really going to be a problem. And you know, that alone with anything that they say will break our medical system because people live with that mm -hmm. you know, with cancer and other things. I mean, unfortunately people pass. So that's a year process, but Alzheimer's and dementia, that can be a, a 20 year process of continual care. And I mean, it's devastating and to catch it early and to just to do work on it is um, nervous systems respond so well to that, that it's a, it's a shame that, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those rare things that I look at and I say, what a shame. You know, well, why did you call, why are you calling it cerebral fit? That will tell people what it's doing, regardless of whether they're a teenager, a young adult, someone in their 60s or 70s. You need to exercise the organ. You know, again, I always bring it back to like, hey, your heart, like we understand this. You know, you need <laughs> to do it. go for a walk, right? Exercise it. Sure. Take a bicep curl once in a while. Like you can do it. But I mean, again, we don't understand this with probiotics when we directly act on the organ every single day and we change the microbiome, like a lot of great things happen. Like it wasn't a big thing. Like you're not doing a specific, specific therapy. You're taking the biggest muscle of your body and you're working it. And with brains, you know, other than crossword puzzles or some of these apps, like I'm just sitting there saying, well, there's no passive, you know, like there's no passive way to innervate the brain and to light some of these things up. And so you, you go ahead and again, put technology there and you realize after you look at research and again, I've been doing it for so long that when you go ahead and do organ specific training, and when I say training, truly is you know the reason why it's called cerebral fit is because you want it to be a practice like the treadmill you know you want to mm -hmm. go ahead and do these things because your brain's going under 24 hours strain so to go ahead and relieve it and bathe it and and deal with mitochondria there and help them out and you know relieve drainage from the brain using glymphatic systems i mean it's it's um it's really a practice and i you know my partner guy odisha always says it the best like with, with brushing your teeth and people say, how long do I want to do it? And he'll say like, how long do you want to keep your teeth? Right. That's how long <laughs> you do it. And so when you're looking at organs again, um, the brains and nervous systems need constant support, you know, because we're putting constant strain on it. Let's so, talk about glymphatics for a minute because people are only just starting to understand lymphatics. Uh, mm -hmm. I, some days will say, I wish I could take my head and squeeze it out like a sponge, you know, yeah. that's glymphatics. So how, okay. how is it that you're, here's a really good question actually from an audience member. How is it knowing what the brain holds onto and all of its target tissues that we're not inappropriately mobilizing neurotoxins with something like cerebral fit from a glymphatic perspective? I mean, that's, that's an interesting idea that like when you go ahead, again, if people look at anatomy, and they would go and look at how small these faces are, right? And have just like, it's it, it's not as impressive as you think it is. And like evolution has made this pretty simple in the sense that 
this wasn't the first time that we were intoxicating our brains. Like back when we were cavemen, we ate lots of spoiled things and we got lots of fevers and lots of like things that would be pretty immediate. And so your brain and that drainage system figured this out, right? Figured it out and said, hey, every day I'm going to go ahead and drain this. So when I say, you know, people are like, well, what about reintoxication? And I said, you know, the, the problem is when things sit there for a long period of time, they have local irritation. Mm-hmm. But what's worse, having little bits of irritation all the time or doing something that will mobilize that. And again, you do have to be con- concerned. you got to be smart, which is why you put a series of different things together. So you're supporting and detoxing at the same time. Like you see in my clinics, half of it is built on cleaning it up and half of it is built on supporting it while it cleans it up. So we don't have redistribution, but the brain, I mean, doesn't really work like that. You know, we know this from addiction, right? Where we're saying like, okay, when we stop doing this medication, why does it suck so bad? And it's because your brain really works hard to mobilize that stuff. Is it uncomfortable? Absolutely. Is it why we get a bunch of relapses? Absolutely. That's because a great point. The brain, yeah, the brain wants to do these things quickly so that it gets back to a steady state. I mean, if addiction was like, hey, if everybody could get rid of opioids out of their brain in like two hours, <laughs> that would be good. Now, on the, that's why people do substances, because gets into the brain quickly, but it also comes out quickly. You know, you um, you got to make it through that first week while it's coming down. And oftentimes, I mean, people don't like that. But when you support the body and you kind of drain these things, I mean, of course, it's doing this every day at night, which is, again, why I always laugh when people have so many things hooked up to their bodies, electronics, because we just know the glymphatic system does not like to be bothered at night. Absolutely. not supposed to irritate it. Let's talk about EBO2 for a few minutes then, because you're talking about cleanup. So for people who don't know, Cerebral Fit is a series of therapies together. It isn't just one device that they walk into. Correct. You do nasal lasers, audiovisual entrainment, because you're going to go eyes, nasal, and then infrared helmets, because the brain, you want to bathe all areas of the brain and, and you want to talk to the brain a little bit. So you want to have this conversation with it because you're using, you, know, you want to have these little pathways light up and then you want to go ahead and drain that lymphatic system and you want to go ahead and bathe that body in those cells with light so it powers up. So it's a series of systems. Um, you do them all at the same time. It's a half an hour, um, but it is a comprehensive way to do it in the sense that you really put the body under, you put the brain under a global therapy and then you just practice it. And then miraculously, guess what happens? Like it takes less time and your body learns what it's supposed to do. Just like doing a squat, like the first mm-hmm. time's hard. And after you end up doing squats, well, your body then starts to learn what it's supposed to do. And a, a lot with brains and nervous systems and bodies these days is they can't figure out what they're supposed to do. So they do the wrong thing. And when you do the wrong thing for a long period of time, that's called disease and degeneration. And so yeah, it's like absolutely. restoring normal function is a is probably the simplest way to get back to good. Yeah. And so I'm always discussing order of events. That's the difference yeah. between, uh, you know, walking into a biohacking facility, as you and I have obviously <laughs> discussed so many yeah. times, yeah, I love and it. Yeah. walking into a doctor-led center. There's been thought and care to this. Innovative. I mean, when you're going, yeah, when you're going through it, 
when you walk into a gym and you see all the machines and you just self-select and you do all the machines, I think something probably positive might happen. Sure. But when, when you walk into a gym and you use a trainer, the trainer takes you through a program. I think a lot better things happen. And so, <laughs> you know, I'm happy. But people are like, are you like, what do you think about this? And I say, I'm happy because exposure is never a bad thing. You know, but there's a big difference between exposure and expertise. You know, and I think we have a, a huge gap of like, now we have exposure, but man, did we lose all the expertise doing all this? And when people are just doing things and, and, and sometimes like, you know what, coming back to your Sicilian people, like, you know what they do? Nothing. Right. They just like, they operate. They just they do operate. things that they've done for a long period of time and they, they operate. And when they operate, their genes and their body knows how to respond to the operation. When you change the operation, you change the physiology. So it's, um, we're trying to get back to simplicity and we just, we're, we're in this infantry, the infantry state. So it's a, it's a lot of complication right now. <laughs> so then we talk about using, I gave that side note of EBO2, cleaning yeah. the blood and people are so intrigued by taking their blood out, cleaning it up, putting it back in. What am I, what am I really doing? What am I really cleaning out? Am I really cleaning something out? So when you send somebody through cerebral fit, are you typically also recommending cleaning the blood? What do you, what metrics are you looking at to determine who's going where and who's doing what? Well, again, when we look at just, if we look at brains, right. And we say, well, there's, there's a couple things that happen with brains and really it's, either you know, their eyes, right? They're, they're basically four eyes. There's injury, concussion, mm -hmm. infection, Lyme disease, um, intoxication, heavy metals and everything else. And then what did I forget? Inflate, inflammation, infection, intoxication, and injury. Or You're something, good. I might have missed one, but I mean, I'll, it's, it's those one, it's, it's anyways, it's, it's those in a nutshell. And we're looking at those and we're saying, the brain is at the top, right? The head's at the top. Lymphatics, guess what? Like the main lymphatics live right under that end of the collarbone, which is always like, how did that happen? Like, why, would they be, <laughs> why would they be neighbors, right? Why would this, why would the body decide to do this? And so it is important when we're doing uh, anything that we're looking at brains or we're looking at even bodies and we're saying, how do we do an oil change, right? And that was always my thing. It's like, how... Can I go ahead? Because detoxification is a funny process, right? We've got to go ahead and, like your friend said, we've got to go and reintoxicate. And then we got to put organs like livers and kidneys under stress. And we're moving all these very toxic things through. And we got to have good bowel movements. And, and you end up saying, well, what if I skip that process a little bit? And what if I just intervened? And so EBO2 is, um, you know, is a, it's kind of a, mystique and people think like I'm going in there and I'm just going to go like a vacuum cleaner and rip every last little bit of mercury and lead out of there. And that's not really what happens, but you do, you know, do a, a good amount of blood filtering. You know, we put it through a filter, but more importantly, we put it through lights and we, you know, photosensitize the blood, but we also take a load off the lymphatic system. We filter that out and, you know, we, it's, it's a wonderful process in the sense that you can do the blood filtration, but on the backside, you can also add things to the blood. Like people are always interested in the removal process. Mm -hmm. And they always forget like, no, on the, 
I'm more interested on the other line, you know, the other catheter where I'm adding light, adding I'm light, adding yeah. violent frequencies, some killing things, and I'm adding oxygen and ozone. Like that's the that's the part I'm interested in. The other side that looks like it's motor oil coming out. I mean, that's the part that people get fascinated with. And I'm like, that's the product of the product. Everybody always calls me to tell me what was in their blood, what color it was. What's they take pictures of it. You know, they take more pictures of this canister than they do of their kids for whatever reason. And they're like, look how like, look, look how much I got rid of. And I'm like, well, there's some inflammatory proteins in there. And they, you know, there's lots of. Lots of people out there that say there's lots of heavy metals and stuff out there. And I like, I don't think there is, but you know what there is? There's lots of cellular waste and there's lots of like lymphatic debris that didn't, didn't need to be in there. So you know how they used to do EBO2 treatments back in the day? It was called leaching. Leaching, right? yeah. In, and you sit there <laughs> and you go in leeches and leeches would pull stuff out. Now the difference is they couldn't put stuff in. But I mean, that was a great practice that used to be like one of the number one um, therapies for hypertension, right? Where people would say like, what am I doing? I'm going to pull things out of the blood. And because you only have five liters of it, you end up with cleaner blood. And guess what happens with cleaner blood? It can flow better. And guess what it can do? It can deliver more things too, take things more, take more things away and you get an oil change. So listeners wanted me to ask you about, uh, who are very intrigued by EBO2, how do you set people up to avoid the Herx response if they have a known variable, a known infection that is prone, you know, when you're detoxifying to experiencing all the flu-like signs and symptoms? I mean, it's a, it's a pace. We use a little bit of a different system in the sense that we can control the vacuum, right? We can control the pump. So, just like the first time you do exercise, like how do you control the soreness after you get done the exercise? Like you you moderate the exercise and then you can take binders like charcoal and things like that um, while these things are coming out because you do mobilize, you know, you're going to, most of this stuff is trying to get out, but a lot of it is going to go through the colon again. And if the colon redistributes it, you're going to get a flu-like reaction, but I'll, I'll bring it back, you know, to the point, like it's, it's probably better to do the catharsis. Right back in the good old days again, we just put you by a fire and then we put a bunch of blankets on you and we gave you a tea and then hopefully you live through the fever to come through the other side. And so, yeah, I mean, sometimes doing a little bit of discomfort is the best therapy that you do because you need that catharsis. You know, people can't even get fevers these days, so they have no way to metabolize and eliminate. So. I mean, we use these things, you know, we do these procedures because we take a big load off the body, but, you know, EBO2 is turned into like what's coming out and I'm like, well, it's more important what's going in in the process. Yeah. So let's talk about that actually for me, because that's important. Healthy people getting healthier. They're coming in for EBO2. Athletes, just your average everyday person who wants to stay healthy because of what you're adding to the blood. So to me, I consider anyone a candidate for it. Would you as well? Yeah, I mean, I do it. So it's like like doing it, you know, four times a year because you do, you know, you mobilize a lot of things and and you put the body in an artificial state, you know, sure. an artificial oxygenated state, and you train cells to do certain things, and you do take, you know, a certain amount of load off the lymphatic system. So it's a super way to do fasting, you know. But again, on fasting, there's nothing going in. So I love fasting. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Take a break and things break down and they come out. But 
you know, if you have the ability to put things out in while you're taking things out, I mean, it's no different than taking your car. I always say to the, like, you get your oil changed, whether your car is healthy or not. I mean, you do it because you want your car to run better. And the body, like, especially for males, like it's a closed system. You know, females always live longer than males because they have menstrual cycles. So they're doing a little bit of elimination. We know this in medicine. We just don't pay any attention to it. They are doing, you know, a blood dump every single month. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens at, at 55? Heart disease <laughs> rates equal males. Because they're in medicine. It's just so confused to figure this out. And it's because that recycling stopped. So yeah. to continue recycling and to do it four times a year and be able to add these things and train new cells and get rid of old mitochondria and do this work, I mean, it's highly valuable. And it's not like it just lasts for a day. You know, you set this thing in motion, you plant these seeds and you get a very good benefit for three to six months, no different than what stem cells do. So um, it should be a practice done by everybody that can do it because the environment is not taking any time off. So your ability to do things, I would say, you know, if you can match your environment and you can go ahead and do things to give yourselves an advantage, I mean, you should do that because I'll tell you, it's a highly cumulative effect. And um, you you will thank yourself uh, if you have a regular practice like that, regular procedures, um, equal great cells and mucho benefit in the years following that so what is you know how do you help someone determine what is regular practice Um, i'm a really healthy person i take great care of myself i have some tech at home i eat well i meditate you know you know me and what i do so how about for me i want to come in and do cerebral fit so what do i do come and spend you know three or four days with you yeah i mean you know because you you get some assessments on the front end to see what organs you know, because again, the brain, when we're looking at doing some of these brain things, now the brain's always going to be under work, but going neck down, like there's two forms of medicine. I always separate them. There's neck up because it's important because brains and dental, you know, that's the body has a certain amount of weight. That's a different weight than it has neck down. You know, you got a lot more leniency neck down than you do neck up because for survival purposes, I mean, it's a big deal, which is why biological dentistry is a, a huge, a huge concern of mine, because you can do everything you want to from neck down, but their immune system in the mouth is a little different and the body puts a different weight on those things. And so, yeah, when you come in, you want to go ahead and see where I'm at, right? What am I, what am I doing? Because I'm healthy. And I always say like, what does that mean? You, you do things, but what's the, what's the actual under the hood? What does it look like? Right. The car's still running. But I mean, sure. what, when you open up the hood, what does it look like? And everybody's has some wear and tear. And so then you, you know, you look and look at some of those metrics and you get to see like focus on this. And then it, it just helps you guide your practice of what you're supposed to do, because you're supposed to take the weakest link and make it the strongest. And then the body works pretty good when you do that. So you're always you're always going ahead. And globally, I'd say if it was just anybody from the street, you walk in and as I said, you give the car an oil change and it sure runs a lot better for a lot longer. And so that's that's the simplicity of doing some of these things is that you're using normal physiology, right? Like we're using things that normally happen. We're not putting a bunch of NAD in or we're not like trying to get a bunch of mercury and lead out. Those are you know using foreign things to get a biological response. When you use biological things like oxygen or light or electrons, 
you get a much better biological response because that's direct currency, right? There's no currency exchange there. If I go into another country, I type vitamin C, I got to go and make this exchange. And I'm just hoping that I get a lot of money back, right? And when you use oxygen and you do that, like hyperbarics, I mean, like it's always going to be that way because it's currency to currency. So it's a much easier, uh, easier method for your body to follow. So if I come in and you know I'm a healthy person, mm-hmm. um, you know, would you do a would you do something like a BIA to yeah, yeah. Send I mean, someone in thermographies, BIAs, because there's no lymphatic system that I've seen that looks great. So again, when you when you take something and you just clean it up, you know, if you take your house and you've cleaned it every single day. And you go and move all the furniture and you clean it out. You'd be surprised, like, there's a lot left, right? There wasn't, it looked good, but that, that's the way bodies are. And we always try to make it complex, but it really is that simple. You know, when you go and put it under a different state and you use a little bit of technology to do it, you'll see that there's a lot of, you know, dust bunnies under that couch. <laughs> and it doesn't mean they were bad. And we're not doing this from an from we're doing this from a longevity. Like I want to have my cells producing energy for as long as they can. So either I have to go ahead and have the environment able to do that for as long as they can, or I have to go and act on the cell and help it and clean up the environment so it can do it as long as it can. And that is blue zone. You know, yeah, there was absolutely. Like, hey run the program that they're supposed to don't give it a whole bunch of taxes and you know we're always in this like how do i make myself live long like it can do it right it is supposed to do it it just has been derailed by something that is preventing it from doing it so go return normal physiology when you do that add performance on top of that which is a whole different layer and you can see like things really can go a lot longer than they're supposed to Okay, Dr. Draw about the uncomplicator. <laughs> there you go. Like I said, I made it so complicated and have so many pieces of machinery and have done so many different therapies that unfortunately it's simple. You know, when you're looking at something and you're saying, well, just go do those things. And I wish that there was more complexity to the body. Uh, there's a little bit of individualization, but not as much as people think. You know, mental, emotional, there's a ton of individualization. But as far as like the way physical things work, if you go ahead and give them the right currency, they give you the right response. If you don't, again, it's it's a crossing your fingers and hope that biochemistry somehow finds its way into something. And I, you know, I've just gotten as I get older, I just gotten lazier and said like, why? You know, and <laughs> I stay, I see all these movements, and I'm like, I get it, like, uh, but why? Why? Why wouldn't you just go right to to this? And uh, the results are obviously, in my opinion, much more profound. I love it. Well, I was going to ask you to uh, bestow upon everybody some words of wisdom. I think you just did it. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't do it. I guess I see it. You know, people say, like, how did you figure it out? And I say, I, I watched. You know, like, I just, I didn't, there's a certain amount of study. And then, you know, when you go ahead and watch an ecosystem, you know, you learn things. And then I'll always come back to like veterinary medicine, which is still was my passion. You know, the, I always was, uh, the animals don't talk. And these people used to watch and they still watch great veterinarian. And that's all I watch on Netflix. And it's like <laughs> these, these people, you know, they use tech 
but they really still watch an animal, right? And you just, you see how that animal responds. And then I watch, you know, Caesar Milan doing his mental, like I watch all this stuff. Yeah. And you see like, wow, like mammals pretty much all operate the same. Like when you, there's a certain thing that you're just going to go dial in and then you're going to step back and it works, you know? And, and the only thing maybe that, that is different, like I said, is injury, you know, inflammation and intoxication. I mean, those, um, those are a little bit of work, you know, they, they can be done and injury is the only acute thing that I'm like, well, that wasn't probably supposed to happen. So we got to intervene on that. But the rest of these, if you follow a, a pretty <clears throat> interesting process, I mean, you get the same result, you know, every time it's just, it ends up to be very, very methodical. I love it. Well, thank you for being here to talk about cerebral fit today. I wanted to tell everybody that Dr. Drobot is going to be joining me next month as co-host so that we can put all these um, tech innovators in the hot seat and get them speaking our language so they'll be able to help disseminate this into the everyday for us so people really know that it is approachable. Perfect. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Bye.